0: As an enterprise, effective communication with employees, customers, and vendors is vital for company growth. Now with U-Studio, there's a powerful solution for business communication, podcasts. U-Studio will host, manage, and distribute private podcasts for your business and provide the support and resources needed to launch and maintain them successfully. It's no wonder that companies like Salesforce, Nike, and Facebook trust U-Studio to power their private podcasts. Request a free personalized demo today at the letter u be sure to mention you heard about it on equity. Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Equity Monday. TechCrunch is a kickstart to your week, taking a quick and informative look at the private and public markets, the latest early stage news and what happened over the weekend that you need to know. We're coming to you today instead of yesterday as Monday was a holiday here in the United States. If you aren't familiar with Martin Luther King Jr. or the day set aside for his memory, this is a great week to read his written work and reacquaint yourself with his recorded speeches. As always, Equity's regular Friday episodes continue, bringing you the most important news in the world of venture capital each and every Friday morning. All set? Great. It's January 21st. I am Alex Wilhelm, and you are listening to Equity Monday slash Tuesday, your jumpstart to work. The big news from the weekend came from Uber, which announced that it is selling its Uber Eats business in India to a company called Zomato. The move marks yet another retrenchment by the American ride-hailing company as it hopes to move closer to profitability. Now, Zomato is buying Uber Eats India in what Uber calls a, quote, all-stock transaction, which gives Uber a 9.99% ownership in Zomato. That doesn't feel like a lot, so let's talk about who Zomato is. What company managed to get Uber Eats India for such a small percentage of itself? Well, Zomato is what Uber described as, quote, one of the largest food apps in India, and according to my research this morning, it has raised over $900 million, according to Crunchbase data. Now, this is kind of fun. Its funding history includes a series A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. I, and J rounds, followed by a corporate round and a private equity round. Now, some of that might be scrambled a little bit in the history telling, but it's an insane amount of money from people like Sequoia Capital and Financial and Tomasic Holdings. So this company has raised a kajillion dollars. Now, the context here is that Uber has given up on large parts of the global market for its services over time. You remember it's selling its ride-hailing business in China, giving up on ride-hailing in Russia, and now food delivery in India. I bring up those three examples because they're enormous markets. The context for this is simple. Uber needs to lose less money. And as it turns out, while Uber Eats is a pretty cool place for it to play around the world, it's a very expensive business for the recently public company. So kind of away it goes in bits and pieces. Now, how quickly Uber can grow its total business while shedding some loss-making entities is the next question. There's more turmoil, however, in the food delivery market with Grubhub, another business that you've probably heard of under pressure in the United States to either sell itself or do something. And of course, there's Postmates, which still hasn't publicly filed and isn't really technically for sale, even though it is, and has yet to find an acquirer. Summary, food delivery is a hard damn business. Good luck, DoorDash. Let's take a look at the week ahead. Earnings season is upon us at last. I am personally very, very excited, and I hope that you are ready for it. We have three big companies reporting this week, including Netflix, which is an American financial experiment regarding the long-term value of scripted content that you haven't seen. Also, results from IBM, a venerable technology company that is making plays in artificial intelligence, cloud computing, ads, as I'm sure you've seen if you've watched television ever, lots and lots of advertising. Also, Intel will report this week. Now, none of these companies are really relevant to the equity audience. They're not recently public SaaS businesses. They're not companies we can really look at and kind of comp backwards to the startups that we really care about. But what they do do is matter. They set the tone for sentiment. They tell people what the market is doing. And that sort of thought, that sort of like, you know atmosphere they cast will trickle backwards into the private companies that we do care about. In other words, if IBM, Intel, or Netflix stumble, expect their struggles to begin to form what will pass as average sentiment. Also in the news this weekend, Tesla said that reports of its cars quote accelerating in an unintended fashion were completely false. I'm curious what that will do to its stock, as I'm sure you know Tesla shares have exploded recently, spurring some electric car companies to try to go public and saving Neo's bacon. What that will do for the EV startup market isn't yet clear, but this is not the news Tesla wanted to start the week on. Finally, lots of the world's leaders, or what passes for them at least, are in Davos. Expect about as much from that gathering as we get every year, which is nothing. Turning to the world of private capital, we have three funding rounds this morning for you that caught our eye since we last spoke, and we're going to start with a French startup called, and I'm going to guess here, Kanto, Q-O-N-T-O has raised a $115 million Series C funding round led by Tencent and DST Global, and critically, as TechCrunch pointed out this morning, this news comes just a few days after another French fintech startup called Lydia raised money from Tencent. Now Tencent has put a lot of money to work around the world and may have the largest portfolio of unicorns of any company, period, beating SoftBank, but to see two French fintech companies raised in such quick succession, that's news. Now konto it's a challenger bank, or what I often call a neobank, but in this case, it's not really aimed at consumers, it's not for you and I, it's aimed at the business to business world, small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and freelancers all around Europe. And according to TC, it has attracted 65,000 companies. Over the past two and a half years. So the question then becomes if you're a neobank, is it better to serve B2B customers or consumers? And which has the lower CAC? I don't know. Email me. Next up we have Stasher, which is a weird name, but is it also very, very relevant to what it does, which raised, according to TC, two and a half million dollars more to help people stash their luggage. That's really what it does. If you get like out of your Airbnb early, you can like stash your stuff somewhere and then, you know, go back and get it later. My take on this application and what it does is that a lot of people travel a lot more than I do, and that sounds exhausting. Finally, CapTrace announced a seed round, and it said it was seven figures, but we don't know the exact amount, and normally I would not bring you around that we don't have the actual details on. But in this case, it's kind of interesting. So CapTrace does equity management, I think a bit like Carta, if you're familiar with that company, and it just took money from a blockchain group. That's interesting. I'm curious where that goes. Turning to our deeper dive before you go, a quick reminder as to why Uber is selling off its Uber Eats business in India. So I pulled some numbers for you this morning to kind of walk you through why Uber Eats is exciting and why Uber Eats is very expensive for Uber. In the most recent quarter, Uber Eats turned in $3.66 billion in gross merchandise volume, GMV, whatever you want to call it. That turned into $645 million in gap revenue, revenue on kind of a normal accounting basis. Now, Uber reports adjusted net revenue, which we care about a little bit more. So that 3.66 billion that turned into 645 million became just 392 million in adjusted net revenue. And then once you did all the math on that, it wound up generating negative adjusted EBITDA of 316 billion. So that's just an insanely expensive business. And sure, Uber needs the GMV growth, it needs the net revenue growth that Uber Eats can bring to the table, but today, It can't stomach that sort of economic result. Uber just needs to lose less money. And so it's gonna go ahead and keep divesting probably the things that are the most expensive to maintain and run while it tries to drive revenue gains and hopefully some profitability from ride hailing. I don't know if that's gonna work. That appears to be the bet. We'll see in the earnings. I think they're coming out in early February. Get excited. And that's all we have for today. It is 15 degrees here on the East Coast or negative 9.5 degrees Celsius if you're listening to this in the civilized world. Asian stocks were down. The U.S. stocks look like they're going to open lower. Welcome back. I'm Alex Wellaholm. This is Equity Monday on a Tuesday, and you are tremendous. Goodbye.